Welcome to another edition of The War Room here on KOKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry, Managing Sports Editor of the Parsons Sun and Chanute Tribune. I am joined today by Parsons Vikings Defensive Coordinator, Jaron Dixon. Jeff Shivey keeps avoiding me on The War Room, so <laughs> I guess he, he just sends whoever. It yeah. was Raheem one week, and now it's Jaron. Jaron, welcome back. You've been on here before. Happy to have you. Yes, sir. I'm glad to be back. Uh, let's just jump right in to, to why you're here and what I want to talk about, and that is obviously Parsons football. Uh, coming off a tough loss to Gerard at the end of their year. but And we can talk about Gerard a little bit, but I want to talk about kind of the year as a whole and really the defense. That's that's who you coordinate. And if we got to be honest as to what Parsons football looked like the previous two years, the defense was the issue. Yeah, It was, you know, there were times where, where Jeff was saying, let's just go 7-2 to try to stop the run. It was, you know, that that's how dire it had gotten. But now that the defense looked a lot better this year, very well improved, made big stops, uh, and was really the driving force because the offense, while it showed flashes at times, the offense was good this year for Parsons. Yeah. Yes, sir. It was the defense that that really muscled up when it had to. Why did the defense make the improvements it did on that side of the ball? And I'm sure you can speak to that uh, as its coordinator. Uh, man, honestly, first off, I'm glad to be back on the show. Uh, <laughs> I think the last time I was on here was about two years ago when I got the position, and mm-hmm. you, you had me on here, um, and we had some similar talks. I haven't haven't listened to it, but or played it back. But I'm sure there's some things that I said then that I'm going to say or repeat <laughs> I can't today. listen to my. I don't listen to my own show. Uh, I can't listen to myself talk. It's yeah, just, me neither. It's weird. It's weird to me. It's it's cringy. But um, honestly, uh, man, I I want to beat around the bush. Last year it was the first year as DC. You know, uh, two years as DB coach. First year's DC, that was a painful year. Um, and, you know, Jeff Jeff and I are young. Uh, Raheem, Cato, we're really young. And the two new additions, Coach uh, Jamario and Coach Ida, we are probably the youngest staff in the state. But there's so much we learned. Um, sometimes lear- learning isn't easy. Uh, sometimes change isn't easy. And the the system we put in the first year, you know, we didn't want to change defenses. We, Coach Shabby and I felt like, We've, we've changed enough in the last two years that we didn't want to. We made a decision last June when we got the positions about um, going to a 5-2. That 5-2 caused us a lot of issues. We weren't as flexible as far as mixing coverages and giving different looks to the team. So we came up with the 4-4. Um, mm-hmm. And the, uh, the 4-4 defense has been stellar for us. You know, uh, Coach Shabby, you know, we, we did a lot of research into it. And uh, we had to get better at tackling, number one. No matter what scheme we ran, we knew we had to get better at tackling. Um, we put in VT tackling, and that's what we do every day um, as far as tracking hips and trying to near shoulder, near hip. You and know. See, I'm, I'm an idiot, and I'm sure a lot of uh, listeners are going to know, what is VT tackling? Take me through what that is. Well, we're not even going to sugarcoat it. We took it right from Matt Rule, who was at Baylor University. He in, mm-hmm. he implemented it. and uh, Matt Rule's a good coach. Great coach. Great coach he is, um, and especially as far as a physical team, and that's what we lacked. And Bring implementing what Matt Rule has designed, and we just put our own little twist on it. We call it VT tackling, and the kids bought in. You know, we spent some money on mats and 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 equipment that we needed so we can be safe while while doing this. Because I mean, you know, you can't practice soft and play hard. You have to practice hard and play hard. Um, it's very we we demand a lot out of the young men, and that's basically what we did this year. You know, we for, as far as the scheme in the four four, um, the VT tackling, um, tracking hips. And just being nasty, you know, we had we needed to bring that nastiness. Um, in Parsons, we always got skilled athletes. You know, that's we, we 
That's not going away. Right. (laughs) And we plan on building on that. And now, you know, and that's one thing going into Friday night with Gerard. Um, I thought they were going to prepare for our speed, but I didn't know how they were going to prepare for how physical we were. They won the physical battle, and that hadn't happened to us too many times this year. Clearly the Prairie View game, the first loss of the season. Uh, You know, I thought we won the the physical battle against Galena, the second loss. And then, you know, that five-game winning streak was ridiculous. Um, Mm -hmm. To be one of my— one of the biggest moments is when we beat Caney with a four-man front. When you beat the wishbone with a four-man front, we knew then we were legit, you know. Uh, when we played Galena tough, we knew we were legit, you know. Beating Columbus the way we did, you know, 20 points the first half and the complete shutout in the second half, two games back-to-back. Same with Caney was the same deal. Yeah, and I think that's what we were. We were a halftime uh, or second-half team. You know, we made really good adjustments as a young staff. We made awesome adjustments, and – uh, as a coordinator, having great guys as far as Jeff, uh, Raheem, you know, uh, Cato, Duma, I mean, Aida, and uh, Coach Kendrick to lean on, uh, they helped me out a lot. It, nobody can do this on their own. It, when they say it takes a village, it does. And uh, I want to give those guys a lot of credit. But the, I don't want to forget this. I want, I want to say this because the changing point in our season was late June this year. When it was just, before we had any other coaches, we knew we were losing uh, Coach Barkers and Coach Howe. We didn't know who we were going to hire yet. We were talking about it. Coach Shabby, myself, Coach Dumas, Coach Cato. I call us the four horsemen. We <laughs> sat in a, in Coach Shabby's office and we had a knockdown drag out meeting, and it was tough. And uh, I will always was it like, heated? Was it a, was it a heated discussion? At yeah, time? yeah, it was. It was. I and mean, there was no, there's nothing to sugarcoat about that. We're very passionate young men. Yeah. And um, and we're all able to put it there. But here's the difference between our staff and the others. And, I'll, and I'll, nothing against Aida and Jamario. They're new, and we're going to try to mold them in our style. And they're doing great. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. They are awesome additions. And they're so, they all complement each other. Like, everybody on the staff kind of has a different personality that and a different role that, that is a puzzle piece. Exactly. And I think that's what took place in that meeting in late June last summer um, before the Pitt State camp. We decided on the 4-4. We, we decided on how we're going to go base. We're going to go base, cover three instead of a man. And the best thing about that meeting is, like I told them, I don't give a darn what we got to do. I, whatever's best for the kids. And this, this, Sean, this changed my, it's changed my coaching career tremendously. That day, I, I took some of my own wants. Coach Shabby took some of his own wants. Coach Cato took some of his wants. Coach Dumas took some of his wants. And we put them to the side and we put all of our needs, what we needed to do for our program. And like I said, you know, it wasn't exactly all honky-dory, but we wanted to win, and that's how hungry we were to win. And that meeting changed my life. I'll always go to it because we didn't do what was best for us coaches. We did what's best for the kids. Why was the 4 for that option? Why was that what was best? Flexibility. Flexibility all around. Um, you know, we needed eight in the box to stop the run. Mm-hmm. Uh I'll go back to my first year. My first year as a DB coach, you know, I, I don't know the, how this went in the record, but in the secondary, we set 31 turnovers. We, you know, we, we made a lot of turnovers that year. In 2018? Yes. 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 And that was just a secondary. And I'm not if talking about If we want to be the, real about 2018, the defense wasn't good. It was opportunistic. Exactly. Is it a good defense when Daquan Johnson just takes the ball from a Kami player and, and runs takes it the other way? Like, yard that was a play he made, but that play also happened 20 yards <laughs> downfield after he had gained 20 yards. Right. Like, right. And that was the difference between this team. And so I'll be honest with you. No, we wanted to stop the run first. Number one, first and foremost. Secondly, is forced turnovers. And, man, I'll tell you, I learned this as a young kid. 
you can't force turnovers unless you stop the run. You know, most times, especially high school football, because a lot of them, especially in 3A Smash Mouth, like we're playing, you know, I get it. And I didn't understand 3A as well. <clears throat> Four years into it, I definitely understand 3A. I definitely understand how tough it is. It is, they will run the same play over and over and over and dare you to stop it. And that's a beautiful thing. You know, <clears throat> I don't know what it is about the 4A. You know, some schools do play Smash Mouth, but they're still looking to spread it out. You know, the game has evolved. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in 3A, they're still looking for three yards in a cloud. Not sometimes, all the times. Three yards in a cloud of dust. And we knew if we could stop the run, we could get the ball in the air. We get the ball in the air, we got great athletes. And um, I'll say this, with that 4-4, uh, it allowed us to be flexible to go translate to a 4-3 as well. Mm -hmm. You got you to give a two-high look. You have to be able to give a two-high look. So our goal was to win in the a, win the A and B gap and win first and second downs. Because I thought our defense last year in that 5-2, we won first and second downs. Well, we gave up third down and fourth downs, and that's where we lost. So implementing the 4-4, being able to go to a 4-3, you know, um, if it's third and seven, I don't want to give out all our secrets, you know. <laughs> uh, but longer down the distance, we're going to put a two-hour safety look over there, be aggressive, and, and let's get after it, you know. Mm -hmm. And – before we go to break, one last question, and I want to talk. I want to talk about the last two games. Uh, where, you know, Parsons is, is now in an evolving program, and you guys, you guys go seven and three this year, make it to week ten. That has fast tracked what the expectations and the standard is for this program, and, and that in and of itself is a testament to the type of season you had. But it leads me to the type of question I'm going to ask you because. In those last two games, the win over Prairie View and then the loss of Gerard, your defense gave up over nearly 700 yards yes. of rushing. And, you know, Prairie View and Gerard, they're two great teams. It, it, this, yeah. That was not, you know, Cherryville or Baxter running it down there. But at the same time, it, we saw a, a backslide a little bit in the defense in those last two weeks, especially in the ability to stop the run. Give How do you kind of gauge that because because you know now, now you know where your stopping point was this year it's week 10 you got to be able to you get it's like a team that it's like the bills they said they lost to the chiefs in the AFC championship so we spent our offseason trying to figure out how to beat the chiefs a lot of teams have figured out this, out this year now but you know now you got to figure out this offseason how do we beat a team like gerard to get further and i would imagine you're, you're going to figure out how do we stop the run even better now and yeah. what, what might that solution look like it's hard to say what it'll look like. I'll say this. Two really good teams, no doubt. Mm -hmm. and, and it's, That love to run it. And nobody has stopped them all year. I'm pretty sure that Gerard averaged 35 points all year mm -hmm. above. And, and Prairie View the same. Really good team. I mean, they were preseason pre number five. Is that right? Something like that, yeah. yeah they, were, I think, they, I think, were, they were ranked when you lost to them. I think they were number three when we lost to them, right? Something no, like five, that. Five, three, something. I lose track of numbers. But, um, yeah, it was a little bit of a setback. Um, but... It's a long, it's a long season, and those coaches get a lot of film, and they get, they find out tendencies that we do too, and we tried everything. We, mm -hmm. we, we, you know, from stemming our D line around, moving from three and a one to two, two eyes, you know, or yeah. we even, I'm gonna be honest with you, we went double threes, we went double threes and fives against Gerard to try to win that B gap. So you got to tip your cap to them, and I, I think this is what the 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 tweak I'll say is this, and I'll go back to the Galena game, I'll go back to. The the, I want to say the Columbus game too, but we won that one. Uh, I'll go back to the Prairie View game the first time, and I'll go to the Gerard. All three losses, we lost lower man. We did we lost the leverage battle of the D line, 
And our D lineman carried us this whole year. Mm -hmm. So nothing wrong with that. You know, 10 weeks of football, those kids are banged up. Like I said, Trey Russ, we thought he was going to be done for the season. That kid fought tooth and nails and gave us everything against Gerard. You know, and to watch these singers leave it all online, it's awesome. But we have to get lower. We have to win the line of scrimmage. And we did that for the most part, but we lost the leverage. And that's fine. Um, <clears throat> tip your cap to Gerard. Uh, They're a good football team. Right. They, they'll win the battle line of scrimmage against good teams. And Parsons is a good team now. Correct. And, uh, you know, honestly, they had probably average passing probably, uh, what would you say, I don't know the exact stat, but probably anywhere from 150 to 200 yards passing a game. Yeah. And we held them to 40 passing the other night. Mm -hmm. So we clearly shut down the pass. Hard to scheme against, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's okay. You know, we, we, uh, we'll we learn from it. And, man, uh, 48 hours after that loss now, and uh, I, I'm still having a nasty taste in my mouth. But then again, I had to go back to where I was 365 days ago. And uh, after the Burlington game, that was one of the most heartbreaking losses. That one, there, that one, I couldn't get that taste in my mouth. I'd be lying to you if I told you I had it out of my mouth now. You know, it was it sucked losing like that. And the same with Gerard, you know, to give up that many yards. But they ran 79 plays, mm -hmm. I believe, oh, and wow. ran it ran it 59 times. Mm -hmm. So if a team runs it 60 times, man, uh, we just got to get off the field. We yeah. just, we, we just got to we had to find ways to get off the field and we didn't. And and well, I want to talk a little bit more, but uh, we got to go to a quick break. Jen. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, you want to stick around with me? Yes, sir. Uh, we'll be right back on the war room uh, with Parsons Vikings defensive coordinator Jaron Dixon uh, when we come back on KLKC. Don't go anywhere. And we're back here on the war room here on KLKC Radio. I'm your host Sean Fry. Again, joined by Parsons Vikings defensive coordinator Jaron Dixon. Love having you on. Jaron, one thing I wanted to talk with you about, and you briefly mentioned it, the type of dynamic you have uh, with the coach, with Jeff Shy, head coach Jeff Shibe and the coaching staff as a whole in that meeting back in June when you kind of had an argument about how to fix the defense. I was, you know, multiple times this year, it happened in the Gerard game and it happened at the Caney game where I was at, and I'm standing on the field taking photos and I'm standing near the chain crew, and they both mentioned, they both basically looked at me and said, I'll tell you what, that Parsons sideline, those coaches, they have a lot of energy. It absolutely, no duh, it's live over on that oh, sideline. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How important, you know, how important is that energy to a, to be to your coaching staff's identity? It's everything. It's everything. Uh, mm. I mean, a lot of people think that we're just young. It just because um, you're young, you have that energy. I, you know. We are so passionate about what we do. Football, more so than any other sport, demands so much time. I mean, honestly, we're logging five to seven hours of film every week, you know, especially when it comes to playoff time. Um, you know, uh, the, the unseen hours, we spend a lot of time together. We spend a lot of time um, communicating together. We really do. Um, those guys, one thing that really helps, Jeff is my brother. You know, he really is. Uh, Coach Dumas is my brother. Coach Cato is my brother. Um, Coach Jamari and Coach Aida are great additions. Like, those guys, man, I, Jamari and I have been good forever. You know, that's I looked up to him, you know, when we were younger. You know, mm -hmm. we went to high school together, so it's been awesome. You know, he, he's my barber, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people's barbers. Yeah, he's good dude, at it too. He's good. He's very good. Come see Jamari. I'll give him a little free advertisement right here. <laughs> go, go see Hooli. <laughs> you, you're on a defensive staff that won seven games for the Parsons Vikings. You get that. You get yeah. that. You get that, yes. that ad in there. Yes, yes. No charge. <laughs> yeah, but those guys being my brothers like they are, um, me and Jeff, I say this all the time. We probably talk about it every Friday. You know, we grew up playing all-star baseball together. 
Uh, I didn't play football until my senior high school. Jeff was a big reason why. Uh, I had committed. I I had a good senior year. You know, uh, honorable mention all SEK, and the I had committed to Fort Scott. Jeff Shivey himself talked me out of Fort Scott and going to Independence, and that changed my life. So I owe Jeff everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be coaching today if it wasn't for him because I'm I don't know what would have happened. You know, and him taking me to Independence, him driving me. I mean, you got to think we're going. Every day I got to go against him as at corner. He's quarterback. Just a great quarterback. If anybody knows how good a quarterback Jeff is, I do. You know, uh, I got to see it every day, especially in college, to watch, to watch him evolve, for him to watch me evolve, for us to do it together, and to watch us develop over that time. Um, you know, they didn't really count on two kids and Parsons. Jeff probably more so than me, but they didn't really expect Jeff to take the realm of a quarterback at Independence, and they didn't probably expect me to come in and, and not redshirt and, and and make a position, especially in my freshman year, and then play for a, a position my sophomore year. You know, um, but we did it. We believe, and that's the biggest thing. I know the expectations are high, and, and after a seven and three season, they skyrocket. Mm-hmm. But nobody has higher expectations than Coach Shabby, myself, Coach Dumas, Coach Cato. You know, we have really high expectations. We we wanted this. We, this is exactly what we wanted, mm-hmm. and uh, it's hard. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of commitment. It takes a lot of of buy in, and and the kids deserve deserve all the credit. Because we can be as good as we want. If you don't get the kids to buy in, and my college coach used to say this. Jeff isn't out there throwing the ball anymore. Yeah. Exactly. He used to say this. My college coach told me this. L.Z. Anderson You say, you got to drink the Kool-Aid. And the kids drank the Kool-Aid. And they were bought in. They would do whatever. You know, I remember the the um, Caney game. I remember telling them because, you know, Caney, they gashed teams with the run. And I said this. I said, you guys are dangerous young men because this staff believes in you and we trust you. Mm-hmm. At 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, there is, I'll never put a limit. And there is no limit on what a kid can do when they have an adult male that believes in them and somebody that can look up to as a role model. The 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 sky's the limit, you know. And I think that's what we hit this year. And to have, I mean, we're talking about a five five sophomores starting, I believe, on offense, three mm-hmm. or four on defense, you know, uh, uh, three or four juniors on defense and uh, the rest seniors, you know, I mean, we were we were young. We mm-hmm. were young. And let's talk about sustainability a little bit. I questioned Jeff Shibe about this after the loss of Gerard. Uh, it, it was, you know, there's a lot of history that was made with this team. You know, second team in 45 years to win a playoff game and third team since 2006 to even have a Week 10. Uh, Parsons hasn't really had winning football for a generation. But... It's not that long ago that we saw an eight-win team in 2018. Right. You know, Our first year. sustained success is a distant memory for Parsons football, but intermediate success in the acute, that, that was three, four years ago. But then after that eight and three season, you had a two-win season and a three-win season mm-hmm. at Parsons. How do how do you guys as a coaching staff try to sustain what you guys built this year? Obviously, the fact that you guys were a younger team this year, that team that went eight and three had 15 seniors on it. I mean, that is is a (laughs) tough pill to swallow when you lose that. I under, and that in and of itself is probably a good chunk of the answer that you're just younger right now. So, but how do you keep, basically, how do you keep the momentum going? And maybe what did you learn after, what did you learn in 2019 coming off 2018 that you that you'll try to fix going into 2022 building blocks um we, the foundation set you know one beautiful thing is now is we're not going to change the defense i mean i think we finished top 10 in the state in scoring and um yards allowed i believe right mm-hmm. um we're not changing anything 
Uh, that four four is here to stay. We're not going to be changing anything on offense. So um, another year of familiar, familiarity with the kids and just working with them again. They don't, there's nothing that here's the truth. Hunter Brownwell, one of our best D linemen, played one and a half games of D line his junior year. So he was just a senior. You know, this is really year one. Isaiah Tyson, two year. Trey Russ, two year. But then you got to think about like Marion Ryan, never played the outside backer before. Javen Brown. Never played outside backer before. You know, we're molding them guys into the position. You know, we lose Javen, but we like like we like what we're bringing back. Um, but I think we're going to sustain the um, success because a we're young. You know, so it it is on us coaches to develop talent, and I think that's something that we all do really well. We you mentioned earlier, we all bring a piece of the puzzle, and we all can kind of tweak these kids the right way. We get them going, we get keep them motivated, and. We've been blessed with some really good kids, you know. Um, I, develop, develop talent is is how you sustain success, you know. Don't just let them have a – you can't let a kid have a great sophomore year and then fall face first this junior year. Um, you got to keep building on that. What do we got to do to make it better, you know. And I think after this season, the number one thing I'll, I'll take out of this is I guarantee you we won't have to fight anybody to get to the weight room this summer. Mm-hmm. One thing we talked about, this team was really playing to go to state. I didn't get talked about enough, especially whenever, you know, honestly, I forget how bad the program was before. Because mm-hmm. the minute we stepped on the staff in 2018, none of that mattered anymore. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. And then year one to have success, you forget all about the last nine, yeah. 10 years of terrible football. And then, you know, we were just, we, we had two down years. And then to come right back up with a bunch, with a heavy sophomore team, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. we could be good for a while. And we got we got a really good program going on. I love the weight room. Coach Shabby, Coach Dumas do an awesome job with that um, in the summer and throughout the school year, of course. Um, but yeah, I think that's what it's going to take. Mm-hmm. I do, I do. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, one player in particular, I think, obviously, you know, we can talk. We could talk, you know, an hour about a, a slew of players. One guy I wanted to talk about in particular, though, is Isaiah Tyson. Had such an impressive year on that defensive end. And I'm not saying I'm clairvoyant here, but I, I, I was keeping my eye on Isaiah Tyson going into the fall because I, I think I've seen this a couple times. Most notably, I, I remember when Mariah Monroy, a girl at Cherryville, she uh, kind of came out of nowhere, wasn't even seated to go to state in the triple jump and track, wasn't seated to even place in the top four at regionals. She finishes third and then she won the state title her oh. sophomore year. So she had a bit, she just really peaked at the right time. And all of a sudden, in her next two years, she was a dominant, dominant athlete at Cherryville, averaging double doubles in basketball, one of the area's best volleyball players. Right. You know, continued to do well in track. Uh, and I saw Isaiah Tyson do a lot of the same thing. He was in, he finished, he meddled in the shot put yeah. at state track. He wasn't seated to go to state at regionals, he wasn't in that seating. He, he grabbed the last bid. Uh, and he he PR'd to get fourth, and then he PR'd again to medal. And I said, when, when you when you peak at state track, when you're at that state track meet, and you see everybody around you, and you see how you place above them, it's an individual competition. You're seeing every school in the state there, and when you get up on that medal stand, you think to yourself, I really am one of one of the best <laughs> yeah. out here. You start to believe. I, I, I'm curious, what maybe you did you notice a a confidence evolution in Isaiah Tyson in the offseason that translated in the fall. 
Well, first off, Isaiah is such a coachable kid, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it speaks volumes. Everything you're talking about, it speaks volumes of who the young man is. Uh, the the growth he put in the work he put in the weight room was just tremendous. So he deserves, you know, he he earned all of that. Yeah. All of that. He is a physical specimen. I hope nothing but the best for him. I sure hope Pitt State takes him because I think, you know, redshirt that kid for a year. You, We are talking about a freak of nature. He he doesn't even know how strong he is. He's just scratching the surface of his potential, you know, and trying to unlock that. And, you know, honestly, uh, that's the special thing about IT is because he is just so carefree. You know, he it doesn't, you know, he— He loved it when he meddled it. He was just happy. Oh, like, yeah. He, he's a happy kid. And ne- he never seemed too down either. No, he, de- you know, he, he he really doesn't get like that. And uh, I, I love that young man. He has been a freak for us. And uh, it's sad to see him go because he's left some mm-hmm. big fingerprints on our on our program. And um, there's some big shoes that got to be filled. Absolutely. Well, hey, Jaron, thank you very much uh, for coming on the show. Always appreciate you. Uh, coming on. I always appreciate whenever I get a chance to catch up with you. You're an assistant coach for basketball. We're, we're running out of time, but I will say good luck this basketball season. Yes, you're sir. obviously going to have, uh, you, you're also an assistant coach for a basketball team that's made four straight state tournaments. <laughs> yeah. So Some no success. rest for the weary. November 15th is about a week away. It's in, and practice will be here. So that's, enjoy the week. That's, that's part of that energy. I still got plenty of it. I there got we, plenty of it. I, I think you may be, you and I are, are a different breed when it comes to that, yes, when it comes to energy. Yes, sir. That'll do it on the War Room here on KOKC Radio. Thank you very much to Jaron Dixon, Parsons Vikings defensive coordinator and boys basketball assistant coach. That's the hat he's probably wearing now uh, for coming on the show. That'll do it. Everybody stay safe and God bless.